Hello. Welcome to the latest edition of the FT Advisor podcast. I'm Damien Fantato, the Deputy Editor of Financial Advisor, and uh, I'm hopefully going to be one of the several voices you will hear on this podcast as it develops. Uh, yesterday was my first day back at work, uh, and it was slightly surreal to watch the events of the past week from abroad. Uh, if it's any consolation, nobody in Europe seems to know what's going to happen with Brexit either. Our guest this week is someone whose job it is to help advisors understand Brexit, uh, rather her than me, maybe. Uh, Liz Field, the chief executive of the Personal Investment Management and Financial Advice Association, PIMFA. Welcome. Hello. Um, so Brexit obviously looms large. Uh, how on earth can advisors prepare themselves for it? Um, I mean, I don't know what the outcome is going to be any more than, than you do of, uh, uh, you know, of debates that are happening uh, at the moment. Um, and a lot of work that we've been doing is contingency planning. Um, and uh, yeah, some financial advisors might think, well, it's nothing to do with me. Um, but actually, I think... I think in some circumstances it is. I mean, just let's just take a step back for for a moment. The, what we've been saying at PIMFA is that we need, um, you know, continuity of service. We've asked um, and, and continuity of business. We don't want any cliff edges. We've um, reinforced time and time again that we need to think about investors. We need to think about private clients. Um, and if you look at you know, the, the assets that our, um, our members are looking after or advising them on, you know, it's being able to protect those assets, um, which we're concerned that which which we are concerned about. So Brexit actually does matter because of your clients and the assets that, that they have. Then let's also look at, um, for example, if you've got uh, an expat that you're looking after that you're advising, and they happen to be based in France. You know, there are subtle nuances to do with uh, regulation uh, and legislation, which is, you know, are you actually giving that advice to somebody who is in France? Mm -hmm. um, or are they a UK, are they a UK citizen? And therefore, are you giving them, the, them advice here? Um, and that's Im important to understand. Um, and we've still got some answers we need to, to find out about that. Because... Um, this is all subject to national law. So uh, it, it's what's happening. If they are actually an expat based in France and the advice is deemed to be happening in France, then what is the French national law saying about that? Mm -hmm. So individuals need to, you know, advisors need to understand and know where where these clients are. Um, and if they're in France and you've got some in Portugal, the rules are going to be different between France and Portugal. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot, of, a lot of work that we've been doing. Um, we're engaged at, at all levels uh, in terms of um, UK government and in terms of, of the European governments as well, uh, obviously with the FCA. Uh, but we've also been you know, looking at some of these differences between countries uh, so that we can um, provide not only you know, provide some um, insights to firms as and when um, we, we get more detail, uh, but also for us to, to, you know, to, to, to keep investors uh, and clients and customers uh, at the heart of the, of the government interests. Mm -hmm. This obviously changes 
week by week. It does. Day by day. Yes. <laughs> hour by hour. Um, what's the the base case that you're suggesting people prepare for? That that the deal is eventually passed in some way, shape or form? That there's a transitional period? That we drop off a cliff edge on the 29th of March? Well, we've already always been pushing for a transitional um, period because actually um, a... Uh, it makes no difference whether there is a deal or there is no deal um, because the 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 withdrawal agreement has not got down to the granular level in terms of the things that matter to uh, my members and their clients, i.e. Their, their, their assets. It hasn't got down to that level, which is why we keep having to remind government that... Um, you know that there are there are individual assets here. There is, you know, um, I mean, our, our member firms look after one point five. Yeah, you know, I've got one point five trillion of assets, uh, or look after one point five trillion of assets. There's a lot of money that belongs to individuals uh, and families. So, um, it, but it makes no difference uh, whether there is a deal or no deal. Which is why we've been planning on the basis of, our, you know, it make, makes a difference either way. You still need to understand if you've got a client in France, what does it mean after the 29th of March. Mm. So the thing that replaces that, a trade deal, for example, maybe on services, would be something that would be more likely to affect um, your members? Um, I think, uh, I mean, the, 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 not necessarily. I mean, I think the, the point that we've been making is that, you know, let, let's push for this transitional agreement. What that does is it, it, you know, regard, regardless of, of what, what's negotiated, let's have a transitional agreement, an arrangement, because it actually gives individual firms more time to prepare. And that's the key, mm. um, because, as you'll know, communicating with clients uh, is is a fundamental aspect of, uh, of, the, of business. And it takes time to, A, draft the right communication and then get it through to the clients about what it actually means to them. This takes an awful lot of time to do that. Mm -hmm. And because we're still up against the wire here, we still don't know, what do we tell our clients? Mm -hmm. um, and that's the challenge that firms are, are facing. What do I tell my client who is in France or who is in Portugal? Because actually, I don't know yet. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's the thing. So it's actually more time. Let's have more time. One of the, the, the many outcomes of this um, um, situation is a potential general election and uh, many people in the asset management world are preparing themselves for the potential uh, of a Jeremy Corbyn government. Um, is that something that your members are asking you about, thinking about? Absolutely. Uh, the, what they're saying to me is that clients are not asking them, um, what are you doing in the event of Brexit? Mm -hmm. They're asking them, what are you doing in the event of a Labour government? So uh, we we are looking at, at um, the emerging thinking from the Labour Party. Uh, we're looking at uh, statements that they've already made in terms of some of their policy thinking. Um, and uh, we, we were doing some separate work to look at what's the implication, potential implication of that, or that thinking on businesses, on clients, on money. Um, I mean, as you know, you know, one of our objectives is to promote a culture of savings and investments. So, you know, what what are the unintended consequences of policy that might come down the line that will um, impact that? Um, and we're, we're, we're constantly looking at policy from a unintended consequences viewpoint. Um, and this is one example of where we, we need to understand what, what those and advise on what those unintended consequences might be. Mm -hmm. And 
what sort of advice have you? I haven't had it yet. We've commissioned it. Um, we've got uh, we, we've 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 got a separate piece of work that that's happening. Uh, we'll be looking at that during um, during February. So um, so yes, too early. Can't tell you yet. Sure. And have you done much in terms of sort of lobbying the, the labour? Well, again, this is all part of our government relations work and our government relations plan. Um, yes, we do have contacts um, with Labour Party um, ministers. Um, we've got um, uh, one who's uh, involved in our um, Wealth of Diversity conference uh, next month. Uh, so yes, we do have uh, we do have relationships with um, with, with gov- governments in, um, in plural. Um, but once we see what uh, what the landscape looks like, that will then inform the 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 nature of our government relationship plan um, during the course of the uh, of the next you know however many however many months. Mm. And have you got any sort of initial idea of what the reaction has been? Obviously, the stereotype is that they might be vehemently anti-capitalist. Um, I, I think it's t- it's difficult to say at the moment because there's kind of there's there's thoughts and ideas that have kind of been floated out there, and I think you know what we need to you know our approach would be to try and really understand what is the intention. So what what do you what are you aiming to do, and how can we help you best achieve that? Um, without tripping yourself up. So this is, you know, about educating about the way that our sector works. Um, and as I say, the, the unintended consequences of pulling a lever here, you know, what happens, uh, what happens on the on the right over here. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it, it is about education. One of the issues that we covered in this week's financial advisor was the senior manager regime. Um, now, this is due to come into effect in December. Um, should advisors be panicking yet? Um, I don't think they should be panicking, but they definitely should be preparing. Um, there, there are a number of, of strands to the senior manager, well, the SMCR, uh, so it's the certification mm. piece as well. Yes, it's coming in by the end of this year. Um, and our assessment is that those firms who do not run their ship in a professional way, those are the ones that are going to find it more challenging to put in place. Uh, and our advice to firms has been, look, you know, start by looking at how you already embed um, training and competence regime, for example. Um, have a look at, um, you know, who takes accountability for what within your firm. Now, that that's a bit challenging if you are a, you know, a a small organisation with two advisors and, you know, a, a couple of administration staff and, and the FCA recognise that, you know, further clarity is needed for, you know, much smaller organisations about how they uh, implement and embed uh, the SMCR. Um, and that's um, guidance that we've produced for our firms, which we did before Christmas. We've got an SMCR working group that looks specifically at that and an ongoing dialogue with the FCA on our interpretation of how this rule and these sets of rules will impact on small, medium and large organisations. Um, they recognise there's still some clarity needed for that you know, smaller firm um, that, I've, uh, that I've described. Um, and that's that that as we get feedback from the FCA, that will then be embedded further in the, the work that we've been doing in terms of guidance. So, no, not panicking, but definitely preparing. Uh, and if you look at things like, um, you know, assessment of ongoing competence, you know, have you got an appraisal system? Do you need to adjust appraisal systems, bearing in mind that, you know, there's an annual appraisal cycle? So you could start by looking at that now. You could start by doing an audit of how well you do against the TNC scheme now. Um 
don't wait until the end of the year when it's here because uh, you could always you could already be you could already be ahead of the game mm-hmm. do you expect that it's likely to be a particularly arduous process uh, well again i think you know those firms that don't you know, don't follow the tnc requirements have not got that evidence already um have not got things like an appraisal system um then you know they 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 will struggle the other thing that um that that firms I think should be aware of is you know have a look at yourself have a look at your leadership team so given that SMCR you know senior managers you know, how you know how are you um, practicing your leadership how are you developing your leadership um, skills personally and how are you developing the leadership skills of the people that are either coming up through the ranks or are, are who are fellow um, managers alongside you how are you doing that um, and and the other thing that that firms also need to to think about uh, I think is one, one letter and one speech that was made just before Christmas, um, one by Megan Butler um, and um, a speech by Chris Willard, which was about diversity. Um, and, you know, this, is, this links to culture, um, culture and conduct. Have a look also at how you're doing in relation to diversity. And and what is that? What is that? How does that impact on your culture? Now, this is not just for SMCR. Um, this I think this is much more broadly. Um, you know, something that our industry needs to, to to embrace because of the business benefits of having a diverse workforce that then impacts um, and, you know, offers to a diverse client base. Um, so it's important from a business point of view, but it's also important from a regulatory point of view. It it has been mentioned, it has been referenced, and it is part and parcel of the senior manager's certification regime. Um, one of the other things that we've looked at in this week's financial advisor is um, the impact of MIFID 2, which yes. came into effect um, a year ago, yeah. just over. Um, the um, ex post costs um, breakdown coming mm-hmm. to effect mm-hmm. um, from now. From now, yeah, beginning of January. Yeah. Um, what sort of effect do you think that's likely to have when clients are being told this is how much you're being charged? I think it's about having a, 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 an open and honest conversation with with the client. Um, the, we are a profession at the end of the day, just as accountants are, just as solicitors are. And the fee for my advice is this. Um, obviously, there's a tricky conversation, which is, well, you know, well, why am I paying for this? Well, actually, you used to pay for it and it was here. But I, I think... You know, for individuals need to to come up with their own way of explaining that to the client. And given that the client advisor relationship is based on trust, that and you know, mine is a long term relationship with my advisor. We have an open and honest conversation about it. Um, and I think you know, it's about professionalising the industry. Obviously, you know, some of it's come from Europe. We know that, and some of it is less than crystal clear because it's come from Europe. We know that too. But it's about having an open, honest conversation with advisor uh, with with the client. Mm-hmm. Is it likely to lead to downward pressure on costs? Uh, well, I think there's going to be a number of things anyway that's going to lead to um, maybe not necessarily a downward pressure, um, but you know certainly a robust conversation about charges. Um, and I, I think what what's more likely to happen, I think, is that there's going to be more pressure within the industry, not just from the advisor to the to the client end but within the interest within the chain where okay so I pay that for a platform I pay that for a fund I pay this I pay that the other oh and then I pay 
this for the advice. Uh, I think, you know, that, that there's, there is already conversations going on between trade associations, you know, through the whole of the, the supply chain about that. I think there's more pressure on all of those, those pieces. Now, let's look at things like um, the uh, International Longevity um, uh, Centre report. That was um, that was sponsored by Royal London, and the value of it gave some really concrete um, statistics about the value of, of advice for in, individuals who are advised and individuals who aren't advised. You know, we, and the 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 returns for those people who are advised were far more than those who were not advised. So we've got some, you know, proper quantitative data as well as, you know, work that um, us, uh, for example, are doing to try and look at the qualitative data of how we make an impact on individuals and families and how we are a force for good. Mm. Well, all of that is part of the collateral for demonstrating value for money. And I think, you know, we should be, our advisors, you know, should be standing up absolutely proud that they are, that they are making impact, that they are, providing personal financial futures and that they are are a profession in their own right and and be proud of that. Thank you, Liz. That's been very interesting. Um, And thank you for listening. Um, And do join us again next week. Thank you. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's Corient.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.